happy Friday, everyone. Mr. Gaines here. Big chapter today in Esperanza Rising. Today's the day of the big dust storm. All right. Enjoy. Okay, hope everyone's having a good Friday. It's actually Thursday evening here. It's pretty warm. And uh, we're on page 144 of Las Ciruelas, the plums. The grapes had to be finished by the first fall rains and had to be picked rapido, quickly. So now there were no Saturdays or Sundays in the week, just work days. The temperature was still over 90 each day. So as soon as Isabel's bus left for school, Esperanza took the babies back to the cabin. She fixed their bottles of milk and let them play while she made the beds. Then she followed Hortensia's instructions for starting dinner before turning to the laundry. She was amazed at the hot, dry air. Often by the time she filled the clotheslines that were strung between the trees, she had only minutes to rest before the valley sun dried the clothes crisp and they were ready to fold. Irene and Melina came over after lunch, and Esperanza spread a blanket in the shade. Esperanza liked Melina's company. In some ways, she was a young girl, sometimes playing with Isabel and Sylvia, or telling Esperanza gossip as if they were school friends. In other ways, she was grown up, with a nursing baby and a husband, and preferring to crochet with the older women in the evenings. Do you crochet? Melina asked. I know a little, but only a few stitches, said Esperanza, remembering Abuelita's blanket of zigzag rose that she had been too preoccupied to unpack. Melina laid her sleeping baby girl on the blanket and picked up her needlework. Irene cut apart a 50-pound flower sack that was printed with tiny flowers to use as fabric for dresses. Esperanza tickled Pepe and Lupe, and they laughed. They adore you, said Melina. They cried yesterday when I watched them for the few minutes it took you to sweep the platform. It was true. Both babies smiled when Esperanza walked into the room, always reaching for her, especially Pepe. Lupe was good-natured and less demanding, but Esperanza learned to watch her closely as she often tried to wander away. If she turned her back for a minute, Esperanza found herself frantically searching for Lupe. Esperanza rubbed Pepe and Lupe's backs, hoping they would go to sleep soon, but they were restless and wouldn't settle even though they had their bottles. The afternoon sky looked peculiar, tinged with yellow, and there was so much static in the air that the baby's soft hair stuck out. Today is the day of the strike, said Melina. I heard they were going to walk out this morning. Everyone was talking about it last night at the table, said Esperanza. Alfonso said he is glad that everyone from our camp agreed to continue working. He is proud that we won't strike.
Irene continued working on the flour sack and shaking her head. So many Mexicans have the revolution still in their blood. I am sympathetic to those who are striking, and I am sympathetic to those of us who want to keep working. We all want the same things, to eat and feed our children. Esperanza nodded. She had decided that if she and Mama were about to were to get Abuelita here, they could not afford to strike. Not now. Not when they so desperately needed money and a roof over their heads. She worried about what many were saying. If they didn't work, the people from Oklahoma would happily take their jobs. Then what would they do? A sudden blast of hot wind took the flour sack from Irene's hand and carried it to the fields. The babies sat up, frightened. Another hot blast hit them, but kept on. And when the edges of the blanket blew up, Lupe reached for Esperanza, whining. Irene stood up and pointed to the east. The sky was darkening with amber clouds, and several brown tumbleweeds bounced toward them. A royal of brown loomed over the mountains. Una tormenta de polvo! Dust storm, said Irene. Hurry! They picked up the babies and ran inside. Irene closed the door and began shutting the windows. What's happening? asked Esperanza. A dust storm, like nothing you have seen before, said Melina. They're awful. What about Mama and Hortensia and the others, Alfonso and Miguel? They are in the fields. They will send trucks for them, said Irene. Esperanza looked out the window. Thousands of acres of tilled soil were becoming food for La Tormenta, and the sky was turning into a brown, swirling fog. Already, she could not see the trees just a few yards away. Then the sound began. Softly at first, like a gentle rain, then harder as the wind blasted the tiny grains of sand against the windows and metal roofs. The dirt showered against the cabin, pitting everything in its path. Get away from the window, warned Irene. The dirt and wind can break the glass. The finer dust seeped inside and they tried to seal the door by stuffing rags under it. Esperanza couldn't stop thinking about the others. Isabel was at school. The teachers would take care of her. But Mama, Hortensia, and Josefina were in the open shed. She hoped the trucks would bring them soon. And the fields. She could only imagine Alfonso and Juan and Miguel. Could they breathe? Irene, Melina, and Esperanza sat on their mattress in the front room, trying to calm the babies. There was no relief from the heat in the closed room, and soon the air was hazy. Irene dampened some towels so they could wipe the babies and their own faces. When they talked to one another, they tasted the earth. How long does it last? asked Esperanza. Sometimes hours, said Irene. The wind will stop first, and then the dust. Esperanza heard a meowing from the door. She ran to it and, pushing hard against the wind, opened it a crack. Isabel's kitten, Chiquita, darted in. There was no trace of her orange fur. The cat was powdered brown. 
The babies finally fell fell asleep, drowsy from the heavy air. Irene was right. The wind stopped, but the dust still swirled as if propelled by its own power. Irene and Melina left with Melina's baby, covered beneath a blanket, and rushed to their cabin. Esperanza waited, nervously pacing the room and worrying about the others. The school bus came first. Isabel burst into the cabin, crying, Mi gata, chiquita! Esperanza hugged her. She is fine, but very dirty and hiding under the bed. Are you all right? Yes, said Isabel. We got to sit in the cafeteria all afternoon and play games with erasers on our heads. But I was worried about Chiquita. The door opened again, and Mama walked into the cabin, her skin covered with an eerie brown chalkiness, and her hair dusted like the cat's fur. Oh, Mama! I am fine, mija, she said, coughing. Hortensia and Josefina followed, and Isabel put her hands on her cheeks in worried surprise. You, you look like raccoons, she said. All of their faces had circles of pink around their eyes, where they had squinted against the dust. The trucks could not find their way to the shed, so all we could do was sit and wait, said Hortensia. We hid behind some crates and buried our heads, but it did not help much. Josefina took the babies next door, and Mama and Hortensia began washing their arms in the sink, making muddy water. Mama continued to cough. What about Alfonso and Juan and Miguel? asked Esperanza. If the trucks could not get to us, they could not get to the fields. We will have to wait, said Hortensia exchanging a worried look with Mama. A few hours later, Juan, Alfonso, and Miguel arrived, their clothes stiff and brown, all of them coughing and clearing their throats every few minutes. Their faces were so encrusted with dry dirt that they reminded Esperanza of cracked pottery. They took turns rinsing in the sink, the pile of brown clothes growing in the basket. When Esperanza looked outside, she could almost see the trees, but the dust was still thick in the air. Mama had a coughing spasm, and Hortensia tried to settle her with a glass of water. When the adults finally sat down at the table, Esperanza asked, What happened with the strike? There was no strike, said Alfonso. We heard that they were all ready, and that there were hundreds of them. They had their signs but the storm hit. The cotton is next to the ground, and the fields are now buried in dirt and cannot be picked. Tomorrow they will have no jobs because of an act of God. What will we do tomorrow? asked Esperanza. The grapes are higher off the ground, said Alfonso. The trunks of the vines are covered, but the fruit was not affected. The grapes are ready and cannot wait, so mañana we will go back to work. The next morning, the sky was blue and calm, and the dust had left the air. It had settled on the world, covering everything like a suede blanket. Everyone who lived at the camp shook out of the powdery soil, went back to to work, and came home again, as as if nothing had happened. In a week, they finished cutting the grapes. 
Then while they finished packing the grapes, they were already talking about preparing for potatoes. The camp routine repeated itself like the regimented rows in the fields. Very little seemed to change, thought Esperanza, except the needs of the earth and Mama. Mama had changed because after the storm, she never stopped coughing.